0: Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit
1: card. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/slash/StarTalk. That's fifty percent off unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/slash/StarTalk today. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. And in this installment, we're going to focus on the physics of hard hits in contact sports, in bats and sticks and balls and crashes on the racetrack. And I've got with me, as always, uh, Chuck Nice, Chuck. Hey, what's happening? All right. Uh, Chuck, a uh, professional stand-up comedian, but also sports enthusiast. But that's still not good enough to have an no. astrophysicist and a sports enthusiast comic. We need an actual athlete. And yes. for that, we have Gary O'Reilly. Gary.
0: Hey, Neil. Hey, Chuck. So hey, a for- former athlete.
1: Uh,
2: yes.
0: Uh,
1: past tense. <laughs> past tense. But a, but a
0: current Wait a minute. Is it, I'm a current it, sports
1: fan. Isn't being an athlete like... Being the president, once you're a pro athlete, you're always an athlete for the rest of your life. Like- yeah, keep telling yourself that. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I get a feeling the, sand's, the sand is definitely going to the bottom of the glass right
2: now. <laughs> so, so, Gary, uh, yeah. professional soccer player in your day. We're, yes. we're delighted to have you. Uh, for, and you're over from the UK, so mm-hmm. that accounts for your bit of an accent there.
0: Yes, just a touch but right.
2: of course to and yeah. having more class <laughs> oh, no gosh. we just we just we just <sighs> completely uh, benchmarked by masterpiece theater, most of us growing up. That was, you know, the British accent. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, uh,
1: Alistair Cook.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, well,
0: Alistair know, Cook's a national treasure. He's a bit like Sir David Attenborough. I mean, oh, well, sure. Al- who
1: is yeah. the
2: other Brit that every single American knows from growing up, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, here, here's what I'm saying I finally learned that you guys have bad talking people too the first time I heard the Beatles speak. Ah, What's wrong? What What's wrong with the... you,
1: Neil?
0: <laughs> What's wrong? Mm. Would what you think don't like our accents? What's your problem? You That's didn't go to breath. Birmingham mm. and find out people talk like this and you won't get on top. Oh well, you do, to my Sing me a song, don't sing talk to me. A song, yeah, it's, I know. Uh, it's we're so a quaint little island with weird dialects. For, for such a small <laughs> yeah. little place, we have the most ridiculous amount of dialects.
2: All right, so a uh, segment one. Let's yes. call this body check. Now, no, we didn't bring in uh, other than you, Gary. We uh, didn't bring in fully. Uh, pummeled athletes to comment on what it feels like to be the victim of the physics of a crash or a hit or an encounter. So it's just me in this episode tapping my physics background. Um, my I have a degree in physics to explore this. So I'll do my best. But I, do we have three segments worth if it's just me talking? I, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if
0: you think about it, if uh, Biden and Trump can make an 11-minute conversation last Ninety minutes. We can do this. Okay. We got three sections
2: and then some. <laughs> yep, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. So let's, let's, let's try this. So let's talk about boxing. Yes. Okay. And there's all this talk about what effect a different kind of punch would have on the person who gets hit. All right, And is it a hit to the head or to the midsection or to the is it an uppercut? Is it a jab? It, you know, so um, there's a there's a whole sort of range of ways to think about that. And I can tell you there's one thing that matters most in all of this. And that's how fast is your hand moving? Oh, that period. That's it. How fast okay. is your hand moving? And I can tell you a couple of things. You know, you ever see the barroom fights in movies in the in the Old West? Right. Yeah, of course. Where a person sort of reaches back and right. then they send their fist forward and they Haymaker. make and they make contact right at the extension of their arm. Right. You ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That is the least effective punch you could possibly land. All right. So if you take strobe photos of your hand moving forward and when you try to punch as fast as you can. And when you do that, what you want is to hit someone. And I hate even speaking this way because it, it's, it's it's about violence. But let me just explain the physics of it. So take us equal strobe images of your fist going forward. Find the spot where your hand moves the most between strobe images. That's when your hand is moving the fastest. And that is never at the end of your punch. Because your hand is slowing down there. Otherwise, it would detach and keep going. It has to slow down because it eventually hits zero. So your hand hand is, is moving at its fastest somewhere in the middle of that punch. So all of the bar room things where they hit at the outer limits... They're not being affected. That's why the guy gets up and keeps fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why he has to. That's why he has to pick up a whiskey
1: bottle and then hit him over the head with it. Right, right. Because yeah, his so... punches are ineffective.
2: <laughs> Thank you, So Chuck this this for goes back analysis. to
0: a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee, when he stands directly in front of somebody and just punches them. You remember that, that bit, Chuck? That's, that's, that's just called just, the. That's called the
2: uh, the two inch punch. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I call it theater, but that's funny. oh, <laughs> and the other thing is oh my god, are you you are not telling me that Bruce Lee is is scamming me? Please he's don't. dead, so I you know I'm, I'm I feel pretty safe. I, I wouldn't say that about Mike Tyson because he's alive. No, he yeah, come find your ass, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> you I will eat your you, children.
1: Oh. <laughs> No, that's, I'm serious. That's a direct quote. Okay. from Mike, Mike Tyson, <laughs> go, go to church. <laughs> no, that's a that's a direct quote from Mike Tyson. No, I, let me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> I will eat your children. Okay? <laughs> that's what I will do. All right. I will put I will put some salt on them and I, I don't have, believe that. He no, said I, that. He I don't said, want to believe it. I will
2: it. eat your children. I don't want to I don't want to believe it. Okay. <laughs> All so right, so the
0: so the idea, Neil, is to punch a point beyond the person that way, and, oh, by the way okay, you're traveling just so you're, you're still traveling through their head okay so if <laughs> you, you don't
2: if you're not comfortable with physics or don't know physics that's the that's the i don't know physics way to say exactly what i just said right so if you punch aiming for a spot behind the person and then your drive hand will, the, your hand will hit the person with uh, at your maximum speed because your maximum speed is not at the end it's in the middle Okay, so fighters who are experienced knew that intuitively, and it comes out sounding like it's a deep Eastern philosophy, but it's just physics, okay? You know, punch through to the other side of the person, and that will impart the max. Yeah, so that's just you're hitting them when your hand is moving at its fastest speed. And at its fastest speed, you have the highest kinetic energy, all right? And kinetic energy is a curious thing, kinetic energy, because it scales as the velocity squared, Squared, Okay, so if you hit three times as fast, your fist is carrying three squared, nine times the energy than if you hit it at one-third that speed. Mm. So kinetic energy, that's why a fastball, that's why a 100-mile-an-hour fastball in baseball has twice the kinetic energy as a 70-mile-an-hour fastball. It's not just like thirty or forty percent more. It's twice, okay. So that's it's it's so it's twice as hard to throw. That's why it's so rare to get a hundred mile an hour fastball. What
0: mm-hmm. if I throw in a rotation as as a punch from down by my waistline, and I come up and rotate through as well as, and I, I lean through into it? Does that okay? So here's add the thing: to-
2: if you if you're moving forward, you get some kinetic energy that way, and you also get momentum. Momentum goes directly with velocity. It's just the mass times the velocity, okay? Kinetic energy is one-half times the mass times the velocity squared. By the way, what's the most famous equation there ever was? E equals mc squared. (laughs) Notice that C is the speed of light, and it's squared, and E is energy. So energy is familiar in equations with a velocity squared on the other side, right on down to Einstein's famous equation, equals mc squared. So what you're trying to do is transfer momentum from your hand to the target, and you want to deposit kinetic energy onto them. You want to do both of those things. So if you just pent like I said, you're going to aim behind them because you're going to hit them with your hand at maximum speed. So getting back to the Bruce Lee two-inch punch or whatever but that was. From
1: what I from what I've been told, it's the one-inch punch. I was corrected in my ear by our
2: producer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one-inch punch. Bruce, so,
0: Bruce spoke to you then.
2: Okay, yes. <laughs> so if you look carefully, go back to the YouTube videos, okay, and look carefully, he's not just punching from one inch. He is bracing from his rear leg and moving the mass of his entire body forward that's rigidly connected to his fist. So it is not the mass of his fist that's hitting the target. It is his entire body connected. Yeah, he'll punch it forward. But watch his hips, his torso, and his hind—hey, hind, hey, hind legs, like he's not a horse—and <laughs> yeah. rear, the, and, the, <laughs> and, and the legs <laughs> a position from the rear. You re-watch that. The thing is, you see the you see the fist, and you focus it like a good magician. Yeah. You, you focus on the thing that you that you watch my hand. No, but the, all the rest of his body is doing this. So, so he's really throwing all of his body mass into his fist. As ostensibly correct. So, so the 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 so he's not getting much kinetic energy there, okay? Because he's he, he doesn't have room to build up speed. He's getting mostly momentum, and the momentum is mass times velocity. So velocity is low, but the mass is not just his fist; it's his whole arm and his body pushing forward, and that's why people recoil. Right. So you're getting you're getting energy transfer just by the moving object. But if you're also twisting. Then there's a rotational energy, okay, that fr- from the torque that your fist imparts when it makes contact, if it is turning at the point it makes contact, okay? So you have t- an extra bit of energy that you can transmit in that way. So that- that's all I'm saying. All right, okay. cool. Okay, right. now, now, now. If a punch forward as opposed to a punch from below. Yeah. You can, I haven't researched this, but I'm betting you can throw a fist faster, just straightforward, than coming from below. But notice, and I've taken some boxing lessons, um, when you come from below, it's not just this. That's right. Okay, you, your shoulder, the entire mass of your arm, you're bracing off your hips. And all of this goes into that punch. So that's the boxer's version of the one inch Bruce Lee punch.
1: It is also
2: the most And that's why they can be so devastating. Yeah, I was gonna say for
1: that much momentum to the person. It is the most so my dad was a golden gloves boxer, which is why I do not fight. Um because he tried to teach me how to box. He also And Chuck, uh, you
2: used to be a beautiful, have a beautiful face. What happened? <laughs> 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 Your pappy said. Gonna... <laughs> he tried
1: to teach me to box and he tried to teach me karate because he was also a karate, a karate man. Uh-huh. Um, and then he decided I don't know karate, but I know. Uh Wait, wait. I don't know karate, but I know. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, damn,
2: Chuck, Chuck. Oh no, I know the opportunity to you and not Gary because Gary cannot be expected to know this. No, it's from the movie. Shoot. No, uh. no, no, it's from James Brown. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I thought
1: I it was. I thought it was Eddie Murphy from. Uh... I thought you grew up in the hood. Apparently not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what is it? James Brown said, "I don't know karate, but I know." But I know karatezy. Okay, that's. Ah! <laughs> That's right. awesome.
2: Yeah, crazy okay. works, too. We can talk about the kinetic energy of crazy. I don't know oh, yeah.
1: karate, but I know crazy. No, That's crazy. Karate, karate crazy. crazy. Yeah. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, With uh, after a few lessons, my dad bought me a gun. Um, <laughs> but my... <laughs> he said, what? forget it. Just take a gun. It. Here's a gun. Here's a gun, son. Yeah. However, uh, often we... I spent a lot of time watching boxing as a kid with my dad because of him and... Um, his favorite punch of the world is an uppercut. It's the most devastating blow in boxing, uh, because of what you just said, and also it is the knockout punch because uh, the way the transfer of of energy of uh, force through oh yeah the, we didn't even the...
2: talk about the physiology of what's yeah. happening when you get hit yeah. that's it's... a whole other conversation I'm just talking about simple movement of yeah. energy and and, mm-hmm. and momentum but right if your head snaps back you know that can't be good. Yeah. your neck. It is or, or the your, or, knockout punch. Is the or uppercut. your consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> or your ego. <laughs> or, or your ego. Right, right. So anytime you see a particularly potent punch, and just, again, you tend to focus on just the glove making contact. Look at the positioning of the body that executed the punch, and chances are there's a lot extra momentum brought to the fist because it's rigidly connected to the rest of their body. Also the most devastating punches that I've seen are when your opponent happens to be going forward. And so now... You're getting an assist. It's an assist. (laughs) It's a punch assist. Okay? Because now the speed that you would otherwise try to need to knock them out, they're helping you out. They're coming at you. And so the relative velocity is higher if someone is coming towards you. So just take a look. Someone moves in. I've seen so many knockout punches... um, executed simply because the person was unluckily leaning towards a punch that happened to come in wow so so, so there you have it but we got to take a quick break when we come back more of sort of uh, contact sports and the physics of getting hit the physics of crashes and the physics of anything that involves contact when we return (laughs) We're back. Star Talk Sports Edition. We're talking about the physics of collisions, of contact, of crashes. And we don't have other guests other than, like, me and, like, my co-host, Chuck and Gary. Chuck? Gary? Hey. Yeah, hey, you're still there. We are. Uh, so, so I'm trying to just bring my body of physics knowledge to bear on what I know of these collisions. And so uh, that's, that's our show. You're stuck with just the three of us.
1: And, well... Okay, this is Very long,
2: Lucky listener. De- deal with it, okay. Lucky <laughs> exactly. listener is the way I see it. They should be happy. Yeah. All right, so, so let me, let's, uh, uh, Gary. Yes. Exploiting the fact that you are my co-host, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about soccer. And so here's the thing. In a punch in boxing, um, the fact that they wear gloves uh, softens the, the impact, all right? The momentum still goes, but the, the kinetic energy, but the acceleration of the head is a little bit softened because the, the glove has to squish. Okay, some yeah. of the energy gets absorbed into the squishing of the glove. All right, so that's why you know bare knuckles. You know that's what's the expression, um, uh, Chuck? It's like they uh, they took their gloves off or bare they bare knuckle, uh, right. Bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, just just bare yeah. knuckle fighting. Yeah. We're yeah. taking the gloves off. Damn it. Yeah, yep, so yep, so yep. it has been reported that boxing might be less damaging if it was done without gloves. Because you're, you would be knocked out sooner. <laughs> <laughs> and your teeth. Okay. Right. <laughs> because because no, because think about it. Because of the glove, the momentum is still getting put to your head. So your head gets snapped back a hundred times rather than just three times. Right, And even after the hundred times, there's still the time where you do get knocked out. So you get knocked out in both cases, except with gloves, you get hit in the head many, many more times. So that's been argued, but it would be bloodier because you'll be breaking skin more. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Yeah. that's all. So in soccer, Gary, Mm -hmm. uh, when you make contact with the soccer ball, it seems to me it will go farthest if you hit it with something that is rigid, such as your head. Because yep. your skull is, uh-huh. mm-hmm. or the or or the tip of the toe of your shoe—that seems to be very hard.
0: Places. No, the, the the thing is, if you if you use the tip of your boot, your cleat, your your foot, you lose the control to direct it. it oh, can, because it, it's so tiny. It's yeah, it little. could it can go anywhere, and it's a it's a case of if you use a toe poke as we call it, it's Ooh. the point of last resort because you you're trying just to
2: stab it away or something uh, like that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So so you are trading. Um, distance with precision.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, the idea is to control the ball as an individual, control the ball as a team, and that depends on accuracy of passing or accuracy of shots
2: on goal. And you all wear shin guards, right? Because there's yes, nothing protecting your shin. Yes, we have. Shin, we we do now. Guards.
0: We never used to. Oh, and your
2: day. We never <laughs> In my day,
4: my when day. when
1: men, men were buddy, men, we didn't have shins. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, well, we played
2: barefooted. <laughs> On a pitch that ran <laughs> uphill both ways, <laughs> well, actually, and, did... and, and there were spikes and needles on the field. Exactly. Oh,
0: so <laughs> the <laughs> thing is, everybody understands the anatomy of the body, and the shin is not a place blessed with fatty tissue. It is yes. directly bone. So imagine in the days when people, and by the way, didn't of course, in shin-
2: boxing, neither is your face. Yeah, so yeah, you know it's, you, it's you can punch people in the gut a lot because there's muscle to protect that, and it can wear you out a little, but not as much as it would wear you out if you get hit in the face. Plus, no one wants to punch anyone in their buttocks. <laughs> there's no well, speak. Oh, yeah, sick. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a market for everything, but if you think buttocks now, boxing,
0: that's, yeah, <laughs> someone's someone's going to sell it. A lot if of fleshy tissue there
2: to absorb yeah. the punch. So if on. you
0: think about a soccer player's, we call them boots, you would call them cleats. There's like a hard nylon plastic sole and then the studs or sort of oval cleats themselves. If that hits the shin, ouch. I mean, that's that's where legs get broken. That's where things go dr- dramatically wrong. And, you know, you... Any soccer player that's had any time playing without shin guards, and we don't generally wear them in training, and sometimes players do get angry, there is a an, there's a roadmap of scars down your shins because it just gets cut to ribbons. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's painful because there's nothing I, I there to protect you. I knew somebody had
2: scars, and then he got a tattoo connecting the scars in an interesting sort of pattern.
0: Well, that's fair enough. It's yeah. just when you get a tattoo, and you pay X amount of thousands of dollars for it, and then someone comes along... And scars right across it. After the fact,
2: yes. Yeah, okay. a waste <laughs> yeah. of money.
1: Well, yeah, okay. I have to tell you that I, uh, I'm i no good for the rest of this show because right now the only thing I can think about is butt boxing. How does it work? <laughs> but you're still distracted by yeah, it. Yeah, I'm oh, like, okay. do, you, do you chase the person around and try to hit them in a the butt? Do you yeah, go yeah, it's butt? just, it's a reminder butt butt? Huh. that the
2: face is a more effective place to knock someone out than their the buttocks. That, right. That's that. That's all.
1: Well, then we should never say, "I'm going to kick your ass." And I'd be like, "Go right ahead." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chuck,
1: thanks, yeah, for sa- thanks for saving my face.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think we've got slapstick comedy from the 1920s to thank for <laughs> ass kicking. Um, but go back, no, no, go back Chuck,
2: a step, Chuck, that, that, Let let this be the moment that start Talk Announces to the world that of all the places on someone's body, you're going to kick. Kicking their ass is the least damaging. There you go. <coughs> you heard it All here right. first. There
0: you go. All right. Go, go back a step and, and think about heading, Neil. Now, I, I played in a position as a defender where <clears throat> a central defender where heading was part and parcel of the game.
2: Heading and, is hitting the ball with your head?
0: Yeah. Now, okay. that ball could be traveling towards me at 30 miles an hour, 40 miles yeah, an hour. Sure. I will then go to it. The similar thing that we said about in boxing, generally a knockout punch is the uh, misfortune of you going forward and then punching into you. So, what kind of forces are we dealing with here? If I'm heading a soccer ball, but mind you, it's inflated.
2: Okay, so it's basically double. So, right. so what's happening is the ball is moving forward at let's say thirty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So let's put up a let's put up a, a black screen. Okay, just a screen so you can't see behind it. The ball enters the screen at 30 miles an hour and then exits the screen at 30 miles an hour. (laughs) So something had to slow down the ball to zero and give it energy to go back at 30 miles an hour. Okay, so it's not just a matter of absorbing the forward momentum. It's also imparting the backwards momentum when it comes out. And if your head is doing all of that, You know, I, okay, I'll just, just, you're not going to find me doing that. I'll put my hand up and hit it and just get the (laughs) foul.
0: No, see, the thing is, you would head a ball in a game, but then in training, you'd go away and practice heading a ball. So as you got better at it. And now... I mean, my neck muscles when I was playing, I had something like a 17 and a half inch, maybe even an 18 inch neck. What? Wow. Yeah, wow. because you, you, you strengthen all of this area around here to give you a, a greater point of stability with your head. Okay. And, in, and you don't normally hit a hanging ball. You are, this ball is generally moving when you head it, so there's that combination of forces.
2: Okay, so I can tell you this. If you have the choice position yourself so that you're not hitting the wall back exactly where it came, that you're deflecting the ball to some other location. And in that way, that greatly reduces the the momentum transfer because it becomes a momentum uh, deflection, okay? Yeah, we call it a
0: glancing header.
2: A glancing header. So uh, it seems to me you should be able to position yourself to do it that way instead of sort of bouncing it straight back. Sometimes you
0: don't have a choice. Sometimes that ball is going to come into the danger area of your goal, you have to head it as far away as possible.
2: So okay. the option
0: is because you have head other because you have other possible.
2: people on the offense right around yeah, you, I guess. Exactly. Okay. And and so let's look how about football and, and and rugby. So they all have this equipment. You know, the whole point of the equipment is to absorb what they call it the shock of an impact, but, but the rugby abs- players
0: don't, Neil. That's just it. They're bi- <laughs> they're as big as the NFL guys, and on occasions as athletic. But there's no pads. What what gets hit is you. The only
2: thing between you and your opponent is the jersey. And so you you telling you tell us here in America we wimps. No, Chuck, Did he just no. Chuck? You heard that? No, there's a there's That's no, exactly what I
1: heard. Yeah, <laughs> well, you want to hear what you want to hear. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to let the NFL uh, come come talk to you. Yeah, they'll yeah. come talk to me again, bring not all the big me. guys. So the, uh, the thing is,
0: it's, it's a difference. It's not a judgment. It's a difference. And uh, I think the NFL guys, um, it's that point of what gives you better protection. You've got dissipation of energy. Wait, wait, wait. Just to be clear. You can't tackle someone in any way that you want, Correct. No, you have there are there are rules and regulations because it was invented by the British and therefore it'd be done by butlers and be very very politely. No, it's um <laughs> it's <laughs> you cannot pick up an opponent and spike them and that's been done before mm-hmm. and players have had their necks broken. Uh not good. And, and, and so, um, but you have to if you're going to tackle
2: them it has to be from above the waist, is that correct?
0: No, you can tackle below. You can tackle around the legs. You uh, you can't tackle above the neck. There's certain rules. uh, Oh, because you can't grab
2: their neck. Okay, their head and snap that off. Yeah, There's no
0: helmets. There's no pads. It's just
2: slightly mad, demented guys who are rather large. Okay, so what's happening is all of the physics of the kinetic energy of the impact and the momentum is being absorbed into your physiology, into Mm -hmm. your musculature. So they probably are in great pain after each game.
0: Yeah. The, for the other rule, reason. the other rule, Neil is you can only tackle the man with the ball. There's no all of a sudden you can just level somebody just because you feel like. Well,
2: that's true in, in, in American football as well. But you can you can uh, Chuck. What's the word we you, you you roll in front of someone? There's a word for that. Um, what's that? You, you can with get the- in their way, um, but you can't tackle them if they don't have the ball. That's correct.
1: Right. Yeah, you can block any kind of way, but you can't tap. You can only no, there's tap. There's the no blocking himself. of anybody. It's just... Oh, so you come- can't block in regular rugby, huh? No. You, there's a scrum,
0: and you sort of... the two. There's a group of players come together, equal number. They roll the ball in, which is weird because it's an X right. shape. Um, you roll that in between them. Whoever gets to it first then dominates possession. And then you pass it. Uh, you'll love this, Neil. You can... Here we go. Let me get this right. You can only move forward by passing the ball backwards. Yeah, yeah. Lateral. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, it has to go backwards. It can't go forwards. It has to be passed backwards. Yeah, yeah. Each so time, it, as it, everybody progresses. In American football, that's
2: a lateral. lateral that's a lateral. Yeah, oh, okay. Yes. In oh, American right. football, yeah. You can right. go. Except the one case where I helped out our boy up in yeah. Seattle. And he's grateful. It yes. was a Should forward be. lateral on the gridiron, but it was a backward lateral to the running players. Right. Yes, a Galilean transformation. That that's was. what you called it. I was trying to. Think hey, no, it's about not just it. what I call it, that's what it is. Okay, so, it's just, uh, Neil, like, just. I'm naming. It? Th- it's not like I I, I named this <laughs> the Galilean transformation. I dubbed <laughs> the Galilean
1: transformation.
2: Russell Wilson threw backwards to his running back, and they were going so fast, the ball moved forward on, on the grid. But it, the running back was behind him the, the entire time. So for me, that was good. And I defended him with physics on Twitter, and they they let it stick, so I was very happy about that
0: but so how much is, energy is dissipated by having pads
2: so quite a bit so so all it does is instead of your muscles absorbing the energy, some of that energy gets absorbed in the pad and so it's so the, the, the energy gets shared with other things. Have you ever seen the shoulder pads on, on a football player they they it's like a gladiator. it's, it's layers yeah okay <clears throat> and so you hit one layer, that has to transfer that hit to the next layer, and then to the next layer, and then to your shoulder. So there's a lot of dissipation, that's the word here, going on before your body ends up absorbing it. And the same with the helmets. The better designed helmets, there's, so the cushions will absorb the impact uh, in a way that <clears throat> to try to reduce the impact that thing ends up in your brain. And so, because your brain is just sort of floating there, right? It's not just rigidly held in place. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's the whole point of pads. That's the entire point. Except and- that the pads actually make it so that
1: there are hits that you may deliver that you otherwise would not if you were not wearing pads. For instance, well, they've stopped this now. It's against the rules to lead with your head. But for the longest time in in the NFL, the way you tackle was to lead with your head
2: and use those pads as a weapon as, as much as you could. But what you would do is if you're leading with your head, it means you're leading with the hardest part of your entire get out. Get up. Right. Okay, so if you lead with your shoulder, your your shoulder pad will absorb some of the energy you're trying to put into your opponent. If you lead with your elbows, well, you got flesh there and bone and tissue. If you lead with your helmet, if you have a strong neck, your helmet is rigid. <clears throat> okay, basically rigid on the impact. Right. In other words, the helmet doesn't bend when you make contact with the other person. So if you saw the head tackles, yeah, those are those are violent. I mean, oh my gosh. You've yes. just weaponized the human body. Yes, you've weaponized the human body. That's
0: okay, so what, what are the physics behind you'd rather be the hitter than the one being
2: hit? No, you, <laughs> the, all that matters is how much, how, how massive are you? It's all ah, about the mass. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I, could, yeah. I, could, I could run
0: at someone at 20 miles an hour and, and if they're that big, I could bounce off them.
2: Yeah, you bounce off of him, and then your energy, you know, gets reversed back into you, and you yeah. suffer all the day. You're the one who gets hurt. You're the one who gets hurt. And they look around and say, what was that? Was that a...
0: You were gnat? too stupid not to see the really, really big guy <clears throat> and went to
2: tackle him. It's so it's not an accident yeah. that the football players on the line, defense or offense, are the biggest players on the field. Right. All right? Even if they could run fast, you'd still put them on the line, because that's where you want to make sure nobody gets through. <clears throat> and it's it's always the low guy wins. Well, line it, it can, but if you're smart about it, you can. There are other ways you can maneuver. Once you know where someone's center of mass is, but all other things being equal, yeah. If you're if you're if you crouch down low, and someone comes to your shoulder, you just stand up and flip them over. I mean, there there are ways of maneuvering that. I'm just saying, uh, knowledge of where the center of mass is of the person has great value to how it is you should be blocking them, hmm. and it's so so. <clears throat> uh, just So, mass matters. Mm. And in the next segment, uh, we're going to talk about uh, car crashes, not only in the street, but also um, in races. In fact, we should take a break now. And let's do that. And when we return, Star Talk Sports Edition, the physics of crashes and hits and getting pummeled, <laughs> we're going to talk about the physics of car crashes. And butt boxing. Butt boxing. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and Chuck <laughs> will talk about butt boxing. I'm all about it, baby. When we return.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
4: Exclusions apply. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating.
2: We're back. Star talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. Gary O'Reilly. Gary. Hey. Uh, tweeting as my three left feet or something. What's your Correct. Twitter handle? Yes. Huh? All 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 words. My three left feet. My three left feet. All right. And Chuck hey. tweeting hey. at Chuck. Nice comic. Yes, sir. Thank you. Very good. And let me remind people you have a a a a a, a TED talk. Just uh, just want to remind people of that. Ted I appreciate talk. that. Yeah. Were yeah. you just sort of getting on the case of technology and how it has changed the human dynamic? I it yeah. was funny. I really enjoyed it. Oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Thanks. It should, yeah. it should be easy to find. Just you know, Google Ted. Chuck Nice Ted. Chuck that's Nice it. Ted. And if there's a guy named Ted Chuck who's nice, that's not the right one. Right, exactly. <laughs> Screw that guy. Then, then that guy. Tweet us how and... nice.
1: I don't care how nice Ted Chuck is. Yeah, t-
2: tell us, tweet us and tell us just how good he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about hits and the physics of hits um, we didn't give full attention to baseball because I want to come back to baseball in with its own entire episode because there's just so much to explore there especially um, uh, coming around the, the playoff season but uh, let's now talk about cars alright so uh, before we get to the racetrack you all know probably because I think you've seen ads that If you buy a car and they talk about its safety, I think they've gotten the message across that one of the things that makes a car safe is, in addition to airbags, is that it has crumple zones. Yes. So if you get a side impact, rear impact, front impact, and that if that energy goes to crumpling the car, then it does not go into crumpling you. I like okay. provided that. you are in a casing so that the casing is not part of what gets squished. So, so the whole exercise is do everything you can to dissipate the kinetic energy. That's the entire point of this exercise. There's no other point. OK? So um, so <laughs> watch what happens. If you have a very high mass car, okay, very high mass and a low mass car slams into you, um, the high mass car barely will notice this. And it's the low mass car who will need the crumple zones to save its occupant, okay? So this happened to me, all right? My very first car was a land yacht. It was gifted to me. I didn't didn't even know how to drive when it was gifted Ah. the car from from someone who died. It's a long story, but anyway, I had this car. Wait, now you got to tell us what it is, because back in the day, there were so many great land yachts. Okay, this land yacht, it was a Mercury Montego 400 cubic inch engine. I got seven miles per gallon (laughs) with a tailwind, okay? (laughs) Wait. Downhill with a tailwind, nine miles a gallon. All right. So, this is long ago, and plus it ran on regular gas. So, this thing was like... Leaded? (laughs) Leaded gas. Well, they still even served leaded. Here's the point. I'm sitting there at a red light, okay? There's a car in front of me. I forgot what car that was. Might have been a Toyota. There was a, a Volvo behind me. We're just sitting there at the red light. Then I just hear a big crash. And immediately after that crash, I lurch forward. And my car then bumps into the car in front of me. Okay? hmm I look back. The Volvo got crunched in the rear and in the front. <clears throat> it was the Volvo that got hit. It got hit by one of these TR7 sports cars. Yep. And it plowed under the rear of the Volvo, damaged the back of the Volvo. The front of the Volvo was damaged. The driver was perfectly safe, as you'd expect in a Volvo. The driver <clears throat> in front of me, um, sorry, it was a it was a Honda, a Japanese lighter car for, for the day, these were very light cars and relative to other cars on the road and um, that person, they, you know, the neck was in a brace that to put the, and, and the car got, the rear of the car got damaged. My car, there was a little chip in the taillight plastic cover. And that was it. So I, I backed up and drove home. <laughs> so, so, so if you have very high mass, the concept of crumple zones, high mass relative to other cars, the concept of crumple zones is not, a, is, it doesn't matter. Okay. You don't talk about front-end collisions with cement trucks, okay? Unless it's a <laughs> cement truck in a kind of collision with another cement truck. All right. So higher mass almost always wins every day, okay, in an encounter. So now let's get back to the racetrack, where every car is exactly the same mass. All right. They go very high speeds, very high kinetic energy, okay? Uh, let's say there's a disturbance on the track, a wheel flies off, car loses control, and it tumbles. Oh right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now, now you're I'm, getting Chuck's interest. I'm,
1: now I'm now
2: I'm liking some I'm liking NASCAR right now. Okay. Yeah. So so and it's not uncommon to see the car just tumble and pivot, and they make spectacular videos. And the car breaks into pieces. And it slides and tumbles, and it goes a quarter mile down the track. It was going 200 miles an hour going into the accident. And then the car comes to a stop, and the driver gets out and walks away. If you don't know physics, you'll say to yourself, that's a miracle! Because you're paying attention to the car getting damaged. Without thinking to yourself that that's exactly what you want to happen to protect the life of the driver. You want everything else to get destroyed. That's the NASCAR version of a crumple zone, right? It's have the thing fly by. it takes energy to fling a tire off to the side. Okay, you ever think about that? You try to throw a tire into the, the, well, that car's, part of that car's energy went off with the tire. Other part went to the tumbling and the pivots and the friction and all of that happens. Then it comes to a rest. It took a quarter mile to go from 200 miles an hour to zero. And the driver walks. Now, here's the catch. The catch is the driver goes from 200 miles an hour to zero over that length of time and over that length of distance. That reduced the rate of deceleration on the body. It is the rate of deceleration that kills you. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's what kills you. You want to slow that down as much as possible. So... Let's go back to Dale Earnhardt, okay? The tragic death of Dale Earnhardt. If you look at his accident, okay, uh, uh, his car uh, hit uh, the side embankment, and he went from 200 miles an hour to zero in, what was it, a second or or, or at most? Yeah. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So so, so forget the car. His body is going 200 miles an hour. Then his body is going zero. Hmm. Where does that kinetic energy go? It goes back into his body. Right. And that basically kills him. The body can't sustain. It's like he got crushed by 200 miles an hour. Basically. Basically, that's correct. So you keep thinking you die because something crushes you or hurts you that way. You've got to lose 200 miles an hour. Right. That kinetic energy has to go somewhere. That's why asteroids that are not too big, that would make it all the way to the ground, the kind that'll sort of explode in midair. You'd say, why would it explode? Did it have TNT? No, it's going 10 miles a second, and it sees air. All right? Air feels like, oh, it's well, you can move through it. Not if you're going 10 miles a second. It's like a brick wall if right. you're moving at 10 miles a second. And evidence of this is, if you're going sixty miles, 55 miles an hour down the freeway, and you roll down your window, stick your hand out, uh, you'll feel wind blowing against your wrist. That's hard to resist. Try, yes. it, try it next time. Yeah, just ride well, 50, 50 miles an hour. <clears throat>
1: that's what's, just... what's better is if you stick your face out, your whole cheeks fill up with air.
2: <laughs> okay, Chuck, have you had a species check? Are you a dog? If <laughs> 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 your tongue dangling, I might be because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm wondering what gene in the wolf survived such that the dog wants to put his head out the window. A, that means a wolf would enjoy that. That's That's right. what that means. Right, Could
0: try. you imagine driving along and a, and a car comes towards you and there's a wolf hanging out of
2: the <laughs> You do totally. that <laughs> give it the fright of, of your dogs life. Dogs like it. We made dog, we invented dogs. from Dogs oh. are GMOs, by the way. Uh, we invent, The first GMO we ever had. Mm. Um, we invented dogs from wolves, wolf genes. So that's got to be a gene somewhere in the wolf, but we'll, we'll see. Nice. But, uh, anyhow. So, um, so the, the air resistance just at 50 miles an hour is significant. So now it comes in. It has the kinetic energy of its mass moving at 10 miles per second. And then it stops moving because the air resistance prevents it. Where does that kinetic energy go? It goes back into the object instantaneously. And the only way the object can respond to that is to heat up catastrophically and when you heat something catastrophically it explodes. So and and so so the point my point here is Dale Earnhardt um did not slow down slowly. He slowed down quickly. And that's what kills you. So the the YouTube compilation and they walked and they show these fiery collisions uh and, and then they walk yeah they yeah yeah plus they're in a roll cage right so that helps of course and they're wearing fireproof um um um, fire-resistant... Jumpsuits. Jumpsuits. So even if it catches on fire, you know, they've had a little bit of time to get out as long as they're not knocked unconscious, right? So, and plus there are people all around to help. My point is that the fact that the crash is spectacular is not alone enough information to judge how lethal it is. That's all. And the faster you come to a stop... Generally, the less likely you will survive that collision. That's why cars, when they encounter trees, doesn't bode well for the driver. Generally, but mm-hmm. if you if you careen off the side of the the cliff, not the cliff, but the the, the side the embankment, the the and, and then the car rolls, if you have it on your seatbelt, if you don't have your seatbelt, you break your neck because you're 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 moving a, pro, a projectile inside the car. If you have your seatbelt and the car rolls. And it comes to a stop down the thing, okay. Okay, you'll you'll probably walk from that accident because it took time for the car to come to a stop. Cool. So so that's just a little bit of fact about that that I think is not as appreciated as it needs to be. And so and a good thing about NASCAR and, and Formula One, all those cars have basically the same mass. So when one bumps the other, you know, it's like the the balls on a string you know right. you know the the bumping is sort of your your sort of equal it's equal access bumping <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the momentum's goes over you 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 uh, no one has a mass advantage is the point in in the race the way you could have if you drove a drove a, a hummer in the street in a world of yugos i don't think they make those anymore what's the what's the little car the um, fiat yeah the, the little fiox fiat
0: cinquecento
2: Cinque <coughs> yes
1: so, uh, so what we need, we need Basically to reinvent NASCAR. monster
2: truck NASCAR <laughs> with rocket, with rockets. <laughs> That's what we need. No, no. Yeah. If everything scales up exactly the same, then everything's just the same. Oh no, no, no! I
1: just mean one person gets to have a monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that person would be you, Chuck. Am I wrong? Right? Yeah. You know
2: it would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, wait. And I, I say, why are these cars in front of me? Let me just roll over,
0: right the over cars.
2: them to get to the front of the pack.
0: <laughs> Is there anything that can be done to make them even safer? I mean, Chuck and I have invent, reinvented NASCAR in the past by putting Saturn V rockets on them. Well, yes, let's, and let's you, a and good you
2: reinvented boxing. Yes, to make of that safer yes. by punching in the buttocks. Yeah.
0: Yes. It was obvious to us. Um, <laughs> is there anything you could do to dissipate energy better? Um, from collisions. What from... could you
1: do to the walls? Because, I mean, you got to oh, hit something. Oh, interesting. So, what could you do to the walls to make it, uh, to have the transfer of energy? Well, that's
0: absorbed. what we do. That's why
2: what... the wall.
0: <clears throat> barrels water. of water. Those big barrels of water. Yeah, yeah. So we already kind of yeah. have that. you yeah. have
2: seen it in in off ramps from freeways. Yeah, there's um if there's a sort of a wedge <clears throat> where the road divides, there typically there's the big yellow tanks. They could have sand. They could have water. Something to absorb the energy. Okay. Uh, thinking of other ways to absorb energy. They have in long, sustained downhills. Trucks. If they if they lose their brakes. They have these runaway truck lanes where they pull off to the side and it's just this loose gravel and the wheel doesn't um, move well in gravel and the gravel just eats away the kinetic energy and and it comes to a stop. So uh, we have tried to be clever about this. And I think in Le Mans, uh, is it where there's stretches of road where they just build up tires uh, in case the tires are are hard to squeeze but at high speed and high energy – you do squeeze them, and which means they absorb a lot of energy, this sort of thing. So we have given some thought. We, the people who design these, have given thought to it. And so, uh, and I think fewer race car drivers are dying today than who once did. Hmm. And on Star Talk, we had Mario Andretti. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. I, I had to ask him about a famous quote attributed to him, and sure enough, it was this quote. He said, if you are in complete control of your car, you're not in the race, so <laughs> that makes sense. So, so when you see cars just on the brink and completely lose control, that's that's kind of what he's talking about. You're you. This this is a very finely tuned, highly honed performance of driving driving skill. So, uh, and one other thing, I just want to talk about um, uh, track and field um, in the in the high jump and especially in the pole vault. Yeah. Now we have enough information to ask, why, don't, why doesn't the pole vaulter land on cement? <laughs> Interesting. That right. could be one and done. Why not ask that question? The reason is they would because be going would from break both his legs. full speed <laughs> to zero speed in a fraction of a second. And all that Connecticut energy goes back into their body. Oh, how much energy does it take to break your femur? I have that energy available. Let's do it. What does it take to break your neck? That energy is available. Let's do it. And you break all these bones until all the damage to your body equals the kinetic energy you had on the fall. That's why jumping out of windows can be so deadly. Because when you hit the ground, all that energy goes back into your body and it finds things to break. Okay? And that's, that's how this works. Well, if,
1: if one good thing comes out of this show it's the fact that perhaps we will lower
2: the number of people jumping out of windows okay and and, and but just to be clear and the pole vaulter lands in big cushiony pillows right extending the time it takes to go from their their highest speed to zero and, and they, they don't survive. and they
1: and they stretch themselves out at that they don't even land like you know like they're just coming straight down they they fall back and stretch out when they land. too. That can help.
2: That can help. Yeah. yeah. But
1: so you're increasing no. the mass or the the, the, yes. the the cross section. So
2: yes. Yeah, the cross section, so more of the cushion can support your body. Yeah. Dudes, we we gotta we gotta like call we it done? there. Oh man, wow. That was wow. Yeah. Man, We've I gotta come back and do this again. Cover. And we... we did that. And plus, we, we're gonna offload baseball to its own. Um, yeah, you know, baseball as a contact sport. <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, call it that.
1: Yes, I haven't even right?
2: touched on ice hockey yet. Oh no, yeah, 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 ice hockey. Oh man, man. okay. I want Look, a version
1: is... of baseball where everybody on the
2: field gets a bat. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do What do they do with the bat? <laughs> no, 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 no. A version <laughs> where if the pitcher hits the batter with the ball, they calculate how much kinetic energy the ball had, and then they allow you to hit the pitcher. With your bat, with that same amount of kinetic energy. Wow. Then that'll be even Steven, and you continue the game. Let me tell you something. That would end... Physics! (laughs) No, that would end people getting hit with balls. (laughs) Yeah. You just found the answer. That could (laughs) work. That could work. (laughs) Guys, we got to run. This will be fun, and uh, we should do this again, because we only really scratched the surface. But uh, the physics is everywhere, and that's the good thing about physics you can know things because of the fundamental rules that undergird what's going on, even if you've never actually played the sport. So uh, it's just that's science. That's what's, how and why science works for us all. So Gary, good to have you. Thank you. As always, Chuck. Uh, thanks Thank for being my, uh, my my comedic co-host. You bring that force of levity to it all. <laughs> butt boxing. Grasp- <laughs> it's
0: the new thing. Remember, <laughs> ah, butt boxing. <laughs>
2: Neil deGrasse Tyson for Star Talk Sports Edition. Keep looking up.